Hey, this is Taylor Strickland. I'm one of the pastors at Second Baptist Church West Campus, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message teaches you, inspires you, and strengthens your faith. To learn more about a Second Students ministry, just check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Search Second Students West. Enjoy the podcast. Go ahead and open that. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 13 this morning. So go ahead and turn there. But first, I brought this chair up because it's so important. My, my message this morning, I titled Perfect Posture. And what does it look like to have perfect posture? I never had someone or somebody or a group of people that taught me the importance of perfect posture until I watched Princess Diaries. One is under scrutiny all the time. So we don't schlump like this. Anybody else do that? We drop the shoulders, we think tall, <laughs> we tuck under, and we transfer the weight from one foot to... <laughs> no, princesses never cross their legs in public. Why don't you just tuck one ankle behind the other and place <laughs> the hands gracefully on the knees? Yeah. Charlotte, I think it's time for tea. Time, time for tea. Let's get out of here. No, just kidding. Perfect posture, the importance of it. It wasn't when I watched Princess Bride, Princess Bride, no, Princess Diaries. That wasn't the first time. I was in college whenever I was taught the importance of my posture, of having a straight back, of having my head upright, and especially when I'm seated, because posture by definition, let me get it right. The position in which someone holds their body while sitting or standing. So how I hold myself, and what perfect posture, I looked it up, it's a 90 degree angle with your upper body and a 90 degree angle with your lower body. So everybody practice with me. I got group effort. Everyone give me perfect posture. So we have our back straight up against the seat, head upright, like we're just looking straight. You don't have to look at me. You can look at something else, the back of the head of the person in front of you, and your feet your feet are flat on the ground, and your ankles are slightly in front of your knees. Just like that. Your elbows are to your side, and you're just sitting like this. That's perfect posture. What perfect posture does, not only it has some health benefits of lengthening your spine, of just uh, creating, creating more blood flow, your nervous system is un, uh, what's the word? unhinged, really, like to where your neurons in your brain can actively flow to and from the rest of your body blood flow, nervous system, all that stuff. But it also has some social cues of perfect posture shows that I'm paying attention. It shows that I'm listening unconditionally. I'm unfazed by any and every distraction. I'm ready. I'm listening. I'm like, let's do this. But your posture in your day-to-day social interactions or the health benefits that come from perfect posture is not what I want to talk about this morning. What I want to dive into in this next chapter of Matthew, chapter 13, is what our posture looks like to God. So we're going to dive in. It's the parable of the sower. You've probably heard it before. There's four different types of soil. And there's issues with every type of soil except for one. There's the good soil. I I just want to read. I don't want to try to paraphrase or anything. We're going to jump into verse 3. So go ahead and turn there, flip there to chapter 13. That's not Matthew. Chapter 13 of Matthew, verse 3. There it is. So verse 3 starts out, 
Then he told them many things in parables. Because parables, that's what the entire series of the Jesus podcast is on. Parables are made-up stories that Jesus is sharing with a group of people that have a moral or a spiritual lesson. That's parables. So it's not like when you're just storytelling, that's not a parable. A parable is there's something that I can get out of this story, that I, can, that I can get out of this illustration that I can apply to my life. And so this is what this is. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell on the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. But still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Whoever has ears, let them hear. That's a weird phrase, but it, it shows that I'm going to dive into in a, in, a, in a second. There's four different types of soil in this parable, and if you've ever potted a plant or uh, tried to grow some crop, whatever that looks like, or even if you're trying to reseed your backyard that has no grass whatsoever because your dogs just tear it up. That's me. I try to seed my grass every summer, and it just doesn't work. But all these people, like why, why is Jesus talking about seed and soil? It's because the people he was talking about knew exactly what it knew exactly what it looked like, what it sounded like, and what verbiage to use to work the land, to go and plow this land and use this tool to create a place to where this seed is going to go. And then I'm going to sow my seeds. I'm going to take sow, like take, not take sow, take seeds out of my pockets and so on, right? I'm going to try to plant seeds in order to grow crops. And Jesus is sharing this parable. The people that he's talking to, they knew that, and they were able to understand what <clears throat> he was getting at. Let, let me just, I'm going to stop paraphrasing. I'm going to let Jesus explain. Verse 10, the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? Why are you talking about seed and soil? Verse 11, he replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy. He quotes this prophecy in Isaiah that was written many, 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 many years ago. Before Jesus' time. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Jesus is explaining that if he were to come out and talk to the same group of people and blatantly share, this is the kingdom of heaven, I am Jesus the Messiah, here's my purpose, this is why I'm here, and so on, they wouldn't understand, even if he spelled it out, letter by letter, dotting every T and crossing, no, dotting every I, crossing every T, that's what I meant to say. Even if he explained it just like that, they would hear it and would not understand. It's like, it's like for me when I was in high school. 
I was an athlete, but I was also a band kid. I was a tuba player. I love, I love music, but I love sports. Praise the Lord that COVID did not continue to keep sports from us, right? Amen? Anybody? Amen. But in high school, I was a band kid and an athlete. And it's like going into the locker room, talking with all my football brothers or my track and field guys. I was a thrower. I can't go to them straight up and just say, hey, hey, man, you know, like, I was, I was looking at this piece of music, and it's in three, four time signature, and yeah, I love how the trumpets are playing. There are three-quarter notes, and uh, it's, uh, they're in, the trumpets play in treble clef, and the trombones play in bass clef, and I'm a tuba, and, like, they're, they're football players. Like, they're like, what the heck is a tuba, right? No. They would look at me, and they would just grunt, right? Like, hmm, what are you saying, Right? No, because they don't understand exactly what I'm talking about because I have to switch my language based on who I'm talking to. I imagine like each and every one of you have different groups of friends, right? I was a floater in high school where I could kind of hang out with the band kids, hang out with the athletes and everyone in between. I would have to change my verbiage based on who I was hanging out with, right? And I imagine that you have to do the same thing. They didn't understand, they didn't understand Jesus because he wasn't speaking, quote unquote, their language. Right? They're talking about seed and soil, and they know exactly what that is. It's tangible. It's something they can feel. It's something that they've worked with their entire life. He had to switch how he talked based on who he was talking to. But I don't want to just dive in into the context. Like most of this is just context. That Later, Jesus is explaining why he talked in the parable, but I want to dive into the actual parable because that's where we get the application for this morning. Because really, I don't even have to preach. I could just read this because Jesus explains it perfectly. I could not do it any better, which I'm going to read it. But there's four, four soils. But before I dive into scripture, I talked about posture earlier. Not that I'm calling anybody out. I just want to keep us in the right mindset. Go ahead and fix your posture. What does that look like? Straight back, upright head, your feet are flat on the ground. They're not crossed. Princesses don't cross their legs, right? Each and every one of you are princesses. The guys are princes. But while, while I'm reading, just keep in mind of that posture, because I'm going to talk about that later. Verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So this is what I want to dive into this morning. I have a few minutes left and I want to just quickly run through the four types of soil, the four postures that I want us to look at. I want to dive into the path. What happened on the path? The seed was sown and it just landed on the path. There's no soil. There's no possible way that this one seed can grow 
in any such way along the path. It's exposed. It's vulnerable. And it immediately gets snatched up by birds. What Jesus explains is that this represents people who hear the message of God's kingdom but do not understand it. The enemy comes and snatches the truth of God out of their hearts. That's from what Jesus said. I imagine this posture is the type of, or the person who's along the path, who's, who identifies as a path person. Their posture right here is someone who just sits very, make sure I don't fall off the stage. They just sit, they're very lackadaisical, they're just slouching, they might be just napping, or they're completely distracted. Right? Oh, my mom texted me. Completely distracted. They have no, no desire to listen, no anything. They hear the word. They come on Sundays. They might come on Wednesdays. But immediately, once they're done, the enemy snatches it up. This is a, this is a, in, uh, I just want to look, I want you to individually look inwardly. To what, what do you see yourself as? I'm not saying that anybody is in here, but if you see yourself as a path person who may be sitting in that posture that is distracted or lax or someone who's just barely listening, we need to look and decide if we are people who just sit at church and Bible study and, they just, and we just listen. We listen to what word was spoken and then immediately after walking out of these doors, completely forgot. No application, no depth for growth. If we don't do something to change our posture, change what changes to see if we're our path people, we will never understand it because the enemy will come and snatch up the truth. Does that make sense? Just head nods? Cool. If you see yourself as a path person, there's a question that I want you to ask yourself. Have I grown at all, at all, from Day one to day two, from day one to day ten. Have I grown at all in any way in my understanding of God and his worth, his word? If not, what am I doing about it? What am I going to do to change how I understand who God is and what he says and what his word says? What am I going to do about it? That's my main question this morning. Talk about the rocks. There was shallow soil, seed was sown on there, they started to grow, but immediately the sun hit it. There were no roots, no foundation, no anything to where that crop could truly produce, right? So the sun came and they, it withered. It died. The crop was not produced. The person here are people who hear the word of God and receive it joyfully, but since there is no depth, to their faith at the first sign of persecution, at the first sign of trouble, they fall away. Their faith is deemed unimportant. Their faith is uh, not growing in their life in any such way. The posture I see here is someone who, who's in their chair. Yes, who's in the chair. They're just sitting, but they're slouched. They might, they might be slightly distracted, but they're just, they're here mainly because their mom dropped them off or because they have to get an attendance credit or whatever that is, right? They're just sitting, still not listening. That's, that's the posture I see here. 
if you see yourself as a type of person who is a rocky, rocky soil person, loves going to church every Sunday and Wednesday at live because there's an awesome message and a great worship service, right? Which no doubt it is. But during the week at school or at work or with your family, with your friends, something happens. There's toil, there's persecution, there's trouble that happens and our faith immediately takes a back seat. Not, not saying that like, these are things that you want to happen, but these are things that, in, that you encounter as you just live of something happened, whatever that is, that's different for each and every one of you. But something happened that stops letting your faith grow, that completely kills that crop. There may, it may be that your faith isn't seen as popular at the moment. And so we let our faith die because it's not trending or it's not something that people are talking about. And at least until the next Sunday or Wednesday, I'm ready for the next Sunday or Wednesday because it's going to be a great morning or a great night with worship and a message and so on. But Thursday morning, I encounter trouble that dies. I don't remember what I was taught. I don't remember what impact that God had on me in that day because I didn't apply it. I didn't truly believe in God's word. And so the question, if you are, if you see yourself as a thorn person, the question I want to ask you is, do, ask yourself this, do I believe in God's word only when it's convenient? Only when it's trending, only when it's talking about on the news, only when there's this popular message that's going around? Is it only, do I only believe in God's word when it's convenient? And if my faith is not able to withstand trouble right now, withstand persecution, withstand toil, what do I need to do to make it stronger? What are you going to do about it? Same question. The thorns. We actually saw some growth in the thorns, right? The, the crop started to produce. It wasn't producing fruit yet. It was just starting to grow. It was growing, but along with our crop, there were thorns. There were issues. There were things that eventually overtook the production, the growth of that crop. What Jesus described these people as people who hear the word, but the distractions of life overpower and choke out the truth in their hearts. There are things in our lives that can take, that can take priority, but none of which should take priority over your faith. These can be so many things. You have sports to watch, right? We just talked about sports. Praise God for sports, but that doesn't need to take priority over my relationship with God. If I, haven't read, if I haven't read my Bible that day, if I haven't even prayed that day, the last thing I need to do is watch some Aggie football because that only makes me angry, right? Because sometimes they're bad. But we have sports to watch. That shouldn't take priority over my relationship with God. We have extracurriculars, whether you're, whether you're in sports, in band, orchestra, choir, theater. There's so many more. I can't remember. Tennis, golf. A lot more. You fill in the blank of what extracurriculars you're a part of. It's great to be a part of those, but the last thing it needs to do is take priority over your faith. You have so many classes to study for. High school, you have seven, eight, nine classes to study for. Some of you have jobs. You have your friendships. You maybe even have relationships. Praise God for relationships. But it doesn't need to take priority over your faith, over your relationship with 
God. If you suspect you may be someone in the thorns, someone who is trying to grow, who's hearing the word, who's excited to come to church and listen to what God has to say to them, but there are things in my day-to-day from Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday, really, that take priority that I need to do something. I need to change my posture. Did I describe the posture of that person? I don't, I don't think so. I feel like this person in the thorns, because there is growth. They're slightly paying attention. They're at least starting to hear. This person in the thorns, they have almost everything right. They're this close to perfect. Feet right here under my knees. My back is straight, but my head is down. Not truly hearing what God has to say. Not truly understanding what God is trying to teach me or to challenge me. Are you that person? Are you sitting in your relationship like this? We're just chilling, not truly listening and being impacted by what God is trying to teach you. The last person, the last type of soil, here's the good soil. This is that perfect posture. Everyone practice it again once more. Upright, head straight, your knees are out. You have that 90-90, right? 90 with your upper body, 90 with your lower body. Your feet are flat on the ground, ankles past the knees, elbows close to your side. Perfect posture. This is that perfect posture in that relationship with God. In the good soil, here the plant grew and produced a crop that was 160 or 30 times what was sown. This is the person that Jesus describes as who hears God, understands what he says and his word, and produces good fruit. Produces the good fruit, the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Did I miss any? Goodness, thank you. Those fruit are actually being produced in the good soil. This is that perfect posture. All of us should aim, should strive for that perfect posture, should strive for that good soil attitude, that desire to be in the word, to truly understand what Jesus is trying to say in his parables, what God is trying to say in his word. We should strive to do that. This means that not only do we hear God's word, because I, I can hear it, but I have to try to understand it. To understand it, I need to seek. I need to search for that understanding. In Jeremiah 29, 13, probably heard this verse before. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. With every ounce of my being, when I open Scripture, I'm going to, without a doubt, give 110% while I'm reading this to try to understand, to try to grasp what God is trying to say. Are you doing that? Are you a good soil person? Are you in that perfect posture with God? You may wonder why I'm talking about posture, why posture is important, and how, how it translates to the good soil, because Jesus already used an illustration talking about the seed and soil. But we're not farmers, Right? But we all sit in a classroom. We all sit at the dinner table. And the last thing mom wants to do is to correct you trying to eat your green beans like this. Right? This is going to spill everywhere. But posture is so easy to change. All it takes is a conscious effort. A conscious effort each and every day to, I'm going to sit right. Metaphorically talking about, I'm going to seek God. 
with all of my heart, with every ounce of my being. I'm going to dive into scripture. I'm going to listen to the music that, that produces fruit in me, that puts me in a great mood. I'm going to hang out with people that also know who Jesus is and who also are good soil. Because the last thing I need is a couple of weeds to get in my good soil and then hinder my own relationship with God. Because posture is so easy to switch from, you know, lax, from your head down, your arms crossed, to I'm going to make an effort. I'm going to make an active choice in my brain to I'm going to sit upright. My head's going to be straight. I'm going to listen. I'm going to be attentive. And nothing is going to distract me from what this person has to say if I'm listening or what this movie is showing me or what this preacher preaching. Just kidding. But nothing is going to keep me while I'm in this perfect posture from truly understanding what God is trying to say. And that's my challenge to you this morning. Are you in the good soil? If you're not, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do to fix your toil, to remove the rocks, to actually weed out the thorns? Or are you just going to step away from the path and actually get towards some soil? Each and every one of us are different. Each and every one of us have our own spiritual journey that we're on. But you have to take that conscious effort, that day-to-day practice, and dive in and truly, like Jeremiah 29, 13 says, seek him with all of our heart each and every day.